0: Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome to Life Simplified. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we are focusing all of our episodes on mental health topics from the Mental Health America Toolkit. Up to 60% of your health is determined by where you live. I found this interesting because that's not something that I have really ever thought about. My first question is, how do you think where you live would impact your health?
1: So I in a previous uh, lifetime, I worked for the health department for like a year um, doing some public information stuff. And so one of the things I can remember is seeing surveys that sort of talked about how where we live impacts our health. And a lot of it was things like, you know, you think about like pollution in the air. So, you know, am I breathing in things? But it was also a lot of things like walkability, you know, can I be outdoors? Can I walk around? Is there like a high population that's smoking or using tobacco in the community? Like, There's a lot of different kind of things. So I think there's been a lot of research on this, but I don't think it's something we necessarily think about often. But maybe so, because then I guess when people are thinking people who move around – Maybe they're thinking, where do I want to go based on that environment and, and what's happening, what, what there is to offer there. For me, I have always lived basically in the same county um, other than going to college. And so I guess I don't think about that because if I'm moving, I'm just moving around the same county. So it's going to be a similar situation. Everything location is going to be basically about the same, whether... I'm north or south or, you know, it's all within a a small enough zone that I've not given it a lot of thought. But if I were going to move across country or a different state, um, I probably would think about this a little bit more.
0: I think that's a really good point. Well, our topic today is neighborhoods and towns in our communities and how that affects our mental health. Your location impacts your sense of community and belonging, as well as your access to quality resources. We will spend just a little bit of time talking about those quality resources, and the question to ask yourself is, in your community, can you get the things that you need? Do you have access to healthy food, a safe place to go outside, medical care, mental health resources, transportation? When you think about people in a rural community, they face many challenges when it comes to mental health. What kind of challenges do you think someone in a
1: rural community might have when it comes to mental health? I think it's just access. I mean, access is the big one, having providers who are nearby that you can get to. And especially if you don't have your own mode of transportation, a lot of times these smaller areas don't have public transportation. And so there may not be a way for you to get to that office visit. I do think that one of the the benefits of us going through COVID is that we have a lot more telehealth now, and that has opened up a lot more options for folks who do live in these communities that, that are away from these resources because they can get online if they have internet, which is still another piece of this puzzle, you know, and I think that's broadening as well, but that's still a problem. But if you do have access to the internet, there's a lot more options to see these providers, whether it's mental health, or it's medical care, or a broad spectrum of people. Now you can get on the screen and you can have those appointments where you don't have to go into an office. And so that is eliminating some of the issue. But of course, there's always still that can I do have good enough Wi Fi service to be able to to do that? And is there someone who's accepting me in, in that? Because doctors can now broaden their scope because they can see people in whole states. But there's also a licensure issue. So maybe they can see someone in this state, but not a state next door. And maybe there's not enough providers yet doing the telehealth. So I think it's still all something... That that's being worked on. But I do think that that is a silver lining to what we've all experienced with the pandemic is now we have other ways of getting the help that we need. But certainly I do think, you know, when you live in a more rural community, You just don't have as many options. And then the people that are there, you might have to wait for a long time for an appointment because if there's only a handful of providers and hundreds of people that need access to that help, there's only so much to go around. So you might be a month or more out. And that can be a really tough spot if you're experiencing a mental health challenge or crisis when you need help immediately. So, yeah, I think just access is probably the the biggest issue. So I
2: agree. I think access and transportation are both issues. And I also think about the health insurance world. And I am not an expert by any means, but I know that there are some health insurances that cover certain things and some that don't. Or maybe the cost of those visits, whether it's copay or whatever type of plan that individuals may have, they may not be able to afford it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It can be really expensive. There are certain places that have sliding scale based on income, and that can be helpful. But yeah, it, it's it's a lot of money. And even if your copay is just $20 a visit, just $20 might be the difference between you having a visit and having dinner. So there's a lot to consider when you're thinking about that. And so it, it can be difficult. It can It can be hard for people.
2: And then also I thought also the stigma that's associated with mental health. And that's not just saying that rural communities have that, but I think it's also a national problem. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like you mentioned, it's improving in all of these realms. But that doesn't mean that there's not things that need to be done or conversations that need to be had like we're doing today Mm -hmm. to kind of help people feel a little bit better about it.
1: Yeah, I think that the stigma can sometimes be we don't air our dirty laundry to someone else, like keep it in the family, you know, take care of it yourself. And so those are misconceptions and maybe even generational ideas that have been passed down. But times have changed and things are a little bit different. And hopefully we can sort of dispute those myths about what mental health is and what it isn't and I think too in small communities the stigma can be strong because I saw so-and-so's minivan down at the the therapist's office and I wonder what's going on we're afraid people are going to talk like they're going to see that I'm there they're going to talk and if they don't know what's going on they're going to fabricate their own story of what's going on and sometimes that's far worse than what we're actually facing and, and dealing with and that can be hurtful and that makes it even harder for us to take care of ourself. And so that is why I am a big proponent for, for telehealth as well, not only because you can access it easier, but also it, you don't have to worry about that. No one's going to see see you out somewhere and question you because you can do it from the comfort of your own home or your own office while while you're on your lunch break or in your vehicle or wherever it brings the help to you where you are and so um, not that it's right for everyone or for, for every mental health concern because it's not. There there are some clientele that need to be in office face to face. Absolutely. But I think for a lot of concerns and a lot of mental health challenges that people are facing, they can do that and it gives them that freedom Um, to not have to have that fear
0: those are all excellent points and i'm not going to say that we have all the answers because while many of these things are getting better there are things that we can't solve ourselves and we can't solve it on the podcast but we do have some suggestions and some ways to help if you are living in a small town talk to your primary care physician for therapist recommendations You may not know of someone in your area or close by. Tiffany has already mentioned the therapy access online if you have that reliable internet service or you have a way to get to Mm -hmm. reliable internet service. If you're associated with a faith-based organization, speak with a leader in that community and depending on your experience, they may be able to help you.
1: Yeah, church leaders um, and, and faith-based organization leaders a lot of times have some training in in counseling. And so while you wouldn't necessarily see them typically week to week like you might with someone who that's what they do full time they they can do some of that and so it it can be a good way to bridge the gap and they can have a lot of resources where they can give you suggestions of, of folks you can see in organizations that do help especially if finances are a concern and so that can be a good place to to look if you're like i don't have insurance. I don't know if I can pay this copay. I'm going to need some help with that. And so that can be a really good resource and a good place to start if that's something that you're already a part of.
0: And then look for any support groups in your community. There may be some that you don't know about and it just requires asking and looking for it. There may be a grief support group if you're going through any type of grief. There may be a relatives raising relatives support group. We do like to talk about face-to-face when we're talking about connections, and that is, that is wonderful if it's accessible, but in a small town, there may not be that exact support group that you're looking for. So if you can find a group online, that may be helpful as well.
1: And support groups can be a really good option. Um, I think a lot of times the first thing that we go to when we think of support groups in our community is for substance use disorders. So AA is something that people are very aware of. They've heard of it. It's been around for a long time. But there are so many other support groups. Like Ashley said, there are grief support groups and there are family support groups. And there, and support groups are for people who um, are caring for loved ones who are dealing with dementia and other issues. So there's a lot out there. And the really big benefit to them, too, is you get to hear what's working for other people and what's not. And also, a lot of times, these support groups are absolutely free. So it's one of those things where you don't have to be worried about the cost, and you can make connections with other people in your own community, especially if you're going to the face-to-face support groups. And so that can begin to build your support network outside of the support group, because you may make connections with others who are experiencing like things, and then you can actually reach out to each other on a regular basis um, and say, maybe I'm having a really tough time today. You want to grab some coffee? And they've experienced... That they can understand, and so when you have people who can relate to your your struggles, then you know that takes the stigma away, and it makes you feel heard, and you're able to to help each other, and so th- that can kind of dig even deeper.
0: And speaking of connections, we know that feeling connected is necessary for your mental health, and the people that you live near in your community play a big role in fostering that connection. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, community provides belonging, support, and purpose. Belonging, being accepted for who you truly are, not feeling like you have to change for another person. Support, people that you can turn to during those difficult times. And purpose, are you that friend that enjoys cooking and bringing the meals when someone is having a hard time? Or are you the listener? what thoughts do you have
1: on what community provides? So I think we all want to be a part of something. We all want to feel like we belong um, and that people want us to be around. And I think when we think about community, sometimes we think broader, like this is where I I live. So it's my town or my city or, but community, it it can really, it's the people that are around me, the people that make my day-to-day living worthwhile you know the people that i in- enjoy learning from growing from and and also teaching them as well and so our community can meet a lot of different things to us but but the main thing is like you said we want to feel like we belong we want to be a part of um and in digging into our community that's how we build that support network we get to know a little bit more about each other and we have those people that have our back and so i actually think a lot about this because I have a 11-year-old daughter, and I think in those tween years, we're really trying to figure out what our community is, who they are, what that looks like. And so obviously, we want to belong. We want to be a part of. And if, if we feel like we're not being accepted into whatever the group is, that can be really hurtful and really hard. And and then we want support. And what we've tried to tell our daughter, because it, it can be tough, you know, these tween years are hard, and, and there's a lot of, you know, where do I fit? And so we've told her, you can have a broader community, you can have a group of people that you have fun with and you associate with, but your support group, your your people is going to be very small. And that's because, you know, the people that really have our back are our go-to people. There's not a ton of those in our life, we told her, you know, if you have two or three people in your life that you know, have your back, no matter what, they're always going to be there. They're always going to support you. Even when you mess up, even when you struggle, they've, they've got you, then you're doing well. And that's what our support is. It's our people we turn to difficult during difficult times, the ones that aren't judging us, the ones that are there to support us and lift us back up, not to run out and let me share your business with somebody else um, so that I can have the hot gossip of the week. And so I think even as adults, we're continuing to find this. But we can't find our support people if we're not getting out in our community and building that community. And, and you know, there are going to be people that are in our lives for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Your lifetime people are your support. Your lifetime people are your people that are going to be there no matter what. Now, you can find support in people that are not your core. There are people that that season, that's your that's your support group for that certain thing that you're going through. Those are your seasoned people. They may not be with you forever, but they help you get through that time in your life. That community and that community support is just really key and so your community could be your co-workers because you're spending a lot of time with them your community can be your family and your extended family your community could be your church your community could be the organization you're a part of um, or whatever hobby it is if there's a group that you're a part of, that those people become your community and within that you build your support network and then your purpose i think we all have a purpose some of us are really good listeners some of us are really good encouragers some of us are really good at meeting needs And we need all those different people in our community to do that. I am probably not going to cook a meal for you and bring it to you because that's not typically my strong suit. But you can call me up and I will listen and I will let you vent. And if you want some advice, I'll give it. But if you don't, then we'll just sit here and we'll scream and cry and throw a pillow and it'll be fine because we need that sometimes. And so I think... Yeah, I mean community provides all of those things and so we have to realize that we don't we can't survive just in and of ourselves. We need those people around us. We we need our neighbors, we need our friends, we we need our coworkers. We need all those all those players in our life because it's tough. Life's tough. It is.
0: Amanda, what what do you think you are?
2: I think I am the meet the needs person. So I'm the person that I'm going to bring you a meal. I'm going to come help you clean your house. I'm going to do those things to help you meet those needs to to make you feel better. And yeah, that's what mine is.
1: Yeah. And I admire the, the people that meet the need. Because I I think it's beautiful how a lot of times y'all are very intuitive. Like you just know, like, this is what this person needs today. And it may be, I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to fold that load of laundry. And if you need to to, to chat while we do that, then fine. And if we need, you know, to just sit here and watch Wheel of Fortune and laugh together, then we'll do that while while I fold your laundry. But I think that that is... I think it's great when you can find out what what, what you do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and how you fit. And I think
2: when you were talking about finding your community and those people, I heard something the other day and someone say, you know, you surround yourself with people it's better to surround yourself with people that are different than you Mm -hmm. so that you all can meet the needs of each other in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of hit home to me. And, you know, it really um, solidifies it by talking about this in the different ways that we all are. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we complement each other. We need that, you know, because then, you know, where I'm lacking, you can build me up and vice versa. I think
0: I'm probably more of the listener, but I want to fix something too. I want to be the fixer, but then I'm also unsure of what needs to be done.
1: Well, I think we fear overstepping sometimes, too. But I think nine times out of 10, no one is going to be offended by us trying to care for them. Mm -hmm. You know, by being seen and being taken care of. um, I think we, we get worried, like I'm gonna overstep, they're gonna think I'm being nosy, they're gonna think I'm, you know, in the way. But I feel like most of the time, people really appreciate that they appreciate the thoughtfulness um and and the different kind of spin of things when, when we're going through a tough time
0: a way to build the connections is to get to know your neighbors be a friendly neighbor and you may not know everyone in your neighborhood or in your community but what about the person that does live right next door to you or right down the road if you don't have
2: someone that lives right next door
0: what are some ways to be a good neighbor
2: for us, um, we're mostly surrounded by family. We do have a um, a neighbor and she's older and she lives there um, by herself. She has, you know, of course she, it's on the farm. So people come by there. Her kids are there every day. Um, We will make it a point to go over every few months and just see her and just talk and see how their day is. Or we'll, we'll send her a card or, you know, just try. And it may not be all the time and we're not the best at it. Cause there's sometimes that we'll go six months without doing it, but we try to be intentional about, going over, at least saying hi, or asking about how she's doing when we see her children out. Recently, we hadn't been in a while, and we took our son over, and he's one. And that made her day. Like, she was so excited because she was, well, I've seen him on, on social media, and I've seen the pictures. and But her being able, she had had some health problems. so But her, us being able to go over and just see her, just small things. And it may not be all the time that we get to do it. And also, um, it made me think about even though if you don't know when we have our son likes to sit in the window and just watch and he's obsessed with tractors, everything's tractor, tractor. And so um the other night we were sitting in the window and one of our neighbors that farm was driving by and they saw him sitting in the window and they just blew the horn and was waving <laughs> at him and he loved it. Yep. And just just little things mm-hmm. like that, that you may not think make impact do
1: absolutely absolutely we're um very similar to you we also live on a farm with mainly family surrounding us and so you know it's a little bit different spin but when i was thinking about this i was thinking you know we've we've lived on the farm we don't we don't really have neighbors that aren't relatives that that we see um at family functions and doing things like that. And so obviously, yes, we all help each other, but we're family too. So I feel like that's kind of cheating a little bit because it's easier to reach out and help and be there for family sometimes than it is like, I don't know this neighbor. Hi, I'll wave at you and and go on. But one thing recently is we have um, joined a, a local church. Like it's in the core of our community. And it's been really neat for me to begin to meet all of the people in the community through that connection, because we don't have neighbors right next door. But when we're there, we're meeting all the people in the broader community of, of this small town. And so making those connections and getting to know them and my children getting to know their children, it, it really does take a community and make it smaller and you feel more a part of and it makes you um, more apt to get out of your comfort zone and go to the those small community festivals or events because you're like, okay, I know these people now. I have connections and I want to know more and I want to build these relationships. And I think as a country in general, we've probably gotten away from that. You know, I think probably there was a time where neighbors were very important. We didn't have social media. We didn't have technology. And so your neighbors were your people. And, and that was how you didn't just sit around by yourself and feel lonely. You got out on your front porch and you had some tea and you had a conversation and you did whatever. And I think that that was a good thing. And we don't get to do that as much anymore. We're very busy and we're living different kind of lifestyles i But I think when you can join something, and it doesn't have to be a church, it can be any kind of group or organization or activity that's within the core of your smaller community, I think it can be a really good way to build those relationships. And I think that's valuable and something that we've forgotten about. And so that's been a good experience for us um, from top to bottom. You know, my my husband, myself, all three of my children, we've made some really great connections that I think will be lasting relationships relationships and and that's something that everyone needs
0: those are great ways to be good neighbors you can also connect with a group especially if you don't have neighbors that live right there close to you you can connect with a group in your area where members share and Mm -hmm. exchange services seek out those connections in your community whether it be at a library or a faith-based organization civic organization clubs Think about your interests, your values, and your beliefs. I think we've talked about that in previous podcasts. If you don't like to cook, maybe don't join a cooking class. (laughs) But if you do like to, seek that out. So think about connections in your community. Think about how you could connect in your community. What groups might you be able to find in your areas? Another way is to support your local businesses. What kind of easy ways can we think of to help support local businesses in our community?
1: So when I have um, friends or family, especially if they come from out of town or if they're new to the area, I really like to take them like to eat at a local place, a local owned restaurant, um, or if someone's looking for a gift, you know, like take them to a small local boutique or shop where you can really, you can get some really unique things and then you can support the people within your community. Now, like everybody else, I love to online shop. And I love to go to some of the big box places. And sometimes you can find the things you need. But I think also you can find some really creative, unique items and support the people right there that are in your community. And I think that's how we build our communities up and they, they thrive because people have gotten used to being online. And so that has really hurt actual brick and mortar um, stores. And so I think when we, we get out and we say, I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to buy my lunch today, I'm going to buy it at a, at a local restaurant instead of a fast food establishment and I'm gonna buy a gift for a good friend I'm gonna go see what they have here or if I want to send flowers to somebody I'm gonna try and do it with a local florist or whatever it may be I think showing the people in our community that we care and we appreciate that they're trying to bring something good into our community by giving them our business and giving them a shout out on our social media you know if you had a good experience at a local place or you bought something really cool putting it out there and saying hey y'all go check this out this is this is great. This is a, you know, a good way to spend your money and to get something of value and, and to continue to pour into your local economy.
2: Yeah, that's what you kind of touched on What I was going to share is it doesn't cost anything to share Mm -hmm. on social media, someone's business. So even if you don't have the availability or if you're like me, like I work out of town. So sometimes when I get home in the afternoons or if I get home later or do something on the weekends, I don't have time to go shop at those establishments. But it doesn't cost me anything to say, hey, so- and so's having an open house this weekend and you share it on your social media or let other people know because that's that's free, but that's marketing for that business too. Mm-hmm.
1: And also something that I was just thinking, you know, because you know it's getting warm out and it's nice, and people are wanting to be outside right now. And so farmers markets are are getting up and going. And a lot of times farmers' markets anymore are not just produce. there's a lot of other handcrafted goods you know, soaps and different items that you you can, you can go purchase and you can experience and that is supporting numerous local people at one time. And especially if you don't have a farmers market, if you do have those festivals, a lot of times festivals, people that have local goods will, will be out there. And so that's another way to also encourage that and be a part of that and make those connections. Because then you, maybe you're planning an event or a function and you ha- now have this connection of someone who might be a great caterer or a, might be a good decorator or might be a good photographer or whatever it is you're looking for and you can pull from from the local talent and i think that's just a way to showcase our communities that's an excellent point point. and if you're unsure
0: of where the farmers market in your county is located you can contact your extension office and they can point you in the right direction our final tip if you're feeling isolated reach out Don't retreat further. I thought this was an interesting quote from Mental Health America. Loneliness is our brain's way of motivating us to reach out and build up our support system. And I think a lot of times that we, if you are feeling lonely, then you may have a tendency to, yes, retreat back and not do anything about it. But I really liked that that said, that 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 quote said that, yeah, that's, that's your brain's way of telling you to. Make that phone call, send that text, go out to lunch, go grab a coffee.
1: Yeah, our body is really good at sending us messages that let us know what need we need to meet. And if you think about it, if my stomach starts growling and I'm feeling hungry, it means I need food. And so, you know, ideally I should go find something to eat to fuel myself. And same thing with this quote, you know, if I'm feeling lonely, my body is saying you need some really positive interaction with another human like you need some meaningful conversation and so that can be hard because we have a lot of fear around those those relationships especially um if we're not feeling especially included but that you know sometimes we have to just get creative how can i reach out and maybe sometimes it's just like maybe i need to send that text message to my friend or my family member i haven't talked to in a while a lot of times we can convince ourselves that like oh they don't have time for me if, if they wanted to talk to me they would have reached out well maybe maybe, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And let's, let's shoot that text message out. And let's see what happens. Let's say, hey, you want to grab a coffee? let hey, you want to go to lunch? And maybe we'll go to a local spot. You know, no, we can tie it all in together. But your body is telling you something, your brain is telling you something. And, And if we can listen, and if we can step out of our comfort zone, which let me tell you is hard for me, I get really comfortable with my people and I don't want to go outside my people, but I need to. And when I do, I'm usually thankful that I did. So if if your brain is saying I'm feeling alone and, and maybe no, I feel like no one cares. Maybe I need to reach out to somebody and see. Let's see what they say. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's try something new and different and see how it goes from there. We hope that you
0: found some useful tips to building your sense of community. And we would love to hear how you're using our podcast. And we would like to encourage you to check out our Facebook page, Life Simplified Podcast, and give it a like, give it a share, help us reach other people in your community. We'll see you next time. This is Life Simplified. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at life simplified podcast at gmail.com.